Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Come Play Podcast. This is episode 35. My name is Tyler, and joining me today are Bobby and Brendy. Say what's up, boys. <sighs> Brendy, you have no idea how fired up you just got me after what was just happening off air. I, I hope you understand that. Like, I'm literally shaking. If you have a clock next to you, the time says 7.08, and we were supposed to start at 7 o'clock. <laughs> And um, I, all, all I'm going to say is it was not Bobby and my my fault. I was on an hour early today, gentlemen. <laughs> like, fuck. Well, look, top of the morning to everyone. I just want you all to know that uh, I open, I somehow managed to accidentally open uh, Sea of Thieves while that music was playing. <laughs> so I had to close that in a panic. Don't ask me how that happened. And that right there just confirmed all the claims. So... We we good out here. Right, Move anyway. on. Anyway, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fucking show. Today we are back, and we're going to talk about some more interesting sports topics this week. Uh, some that we've had saved up for a while. Um, and the first one we're going to talk about, uh, one that uh, I've particularly been waiting to talk about, is Thursday night football. So um, it's been a kind of a debate in the NFL for a while now. Uh, if Thursday night football should continue or what? if it should go football, football. <laughs> yeah, so that like I said that like I was your pain. Wrong one. <laughs> Enough. And um, and yeah, it's kind of been a debate. Uh, as we're recording this Friday, September twenty seventh, we had uh, actually a good Thursday night football game last night for once um, between the Eagles and the Packers. But I want to start this conversation off first with a question. When, for, for obviously for both of you, when is the last time that you watched a full Thursday night football game that did not involve the Falcons or the Patriots? Uh, um, I I actually watched the majority of last night's game. I will. I, I, I will. I do want. I actually do watch a fair bit of Thursday night football. So you might think I'm crazy. No, I'm. I'm actually just curious. I, I mean, I wa- I watched say... about a half last night. I, I'll I'll say throughout an entire season, like out of sixteen or I guess seventeen Thursday night football games, I watch like maybe like five like full games. Okay, I mean that's more than I had thought. But Bobby, what were you gonna say? I say, uh, well, so I mean, if I'm not actively watching a game, there are times I just like having football on. Like, so I I can't remember the last time I've actively watched a Thursday night football game as I guess what I can say, but I've definitely like turned it on quite a few times last season. Like if I'm just, you know, doing workout in the, um, my living room or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm not really paying attention. Yeah. I was going to say there, I guess there is times that I've had it on like in the background, like as I'm doing like homework or something or writing an essay. Yeah. But I've haven't like you know really concentrated i i don't know i uh this is actually going to be a topic we're going to talk about in the future i can tell you that 100 percent. i am very like spoiled now because with sunday football um and the red zone that's i know it's like their catchphrase and it's stuff like that but cheat code well yeah i know it's like a catchphrase and all but it's like so true like seven hours of commercial free football like that right there is what you want because i'm telling you the commercials like i hate watching i hate when the broncos are on prime time because you know you're just it's one play you know i'm sorry it's going to be the commercial kickoff commercial drive 
uh, they're going to do a commercial before the punt, and then they're going to punt it, and then they're going to do another commercial. Like, that kind of takes it out for me. <laughs> I feel like Thursday Night Football, I mean, it's no different. And, uh, and you know, obviously, like I said, that's something we'll talk about in the future, but that's just one of the things. But, yeah, I think, you know, for me, uh, last night I watched about a half of the game. Um, I think I think the first game of the season, Chicago and the Packers, I think that was a Thursday night game, and I, I watched a good amount of game. A good amount of that but like i feel like that's a special occasion because that's the first game of the season um but yeah i just i couldn't tell you the last time like i sat down and watched a full all my attention thursday night football game that didn't involve the broncos um and that there's a lot of reasons for that so that's what we're going to get get into now um I, the first reason so i guess i'll start by saying i'm one of the people that's on the side of i think thursday night football should be done with um and and one of the first reasons for me is there's a history of like really really bad matchups in these games that like no one's gonna want to watch um you know you have a lot of uh games between bottom dwellers and you know teams that um I, I like sometimes i i almost think they're doing it to give other teams some national attention that usually don't like, I feel like they put a lot of like the Cardinals on Thursday night football, a lot of the Niners, um, a lot of like the Titans, the yeah, the Titans, <laughs> Jacksonville, like all these teams, Houston. Um, I feel like a lot of that is bad matchups. I, I have the uh, Thursday night football schedule of last year pulled up and you know, you kind of have to remember like where these teams finish, but you know, first game of the year, you got Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. You know, you got one team that made the playoffs and one terrible team next week. You got the jets and the Browns, which that game actually ended up being okay. Cause that's when Baker Mayfield came out. But if you're looking at that game from like an outer perspective, again, two bad teams, then, you know, let's look at some other ones. I mean, in, like New England and uh, Indianapolis, like that's one-sided. Um, Denver and Arizona, like what the f- – like what is that? Like that's <laughs> – both teams finished with less than five wins last year. Oakland, San Francisco, um, you know, it's just uh, – Jacksonville, Tennessee, like it's just a history of bad games. And I feel like it's the same teams every year. Um, I've just, that's my biggest thing. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but like, I just, I feel like there's not that many intriguing matchups. And last night was actually one that was intriguing and, you know, partially why I watched half of it, but that's my, like, that's my thing. So my counter argument to that specific point is like, okay, well, if the matchups are really a problem, uh, and the fan, like, and the fans, um, stop watching, I think what they might just do is just fix uh, fix the matchups. I don't think that just getting rid of the entire Thursday night football premise is going to um is going to happen is gonna, is going to happen just because of matchups. Well, I, I, know, I, I know I know I know you have other points, but I'm just saying like yeah. I don't I don't think the two go hand hand in hand is what I'm trying to say. And I kind of I kind of like what the f- the fact that you said like yeah, it gives like the um the the smaller teams um, that don't, well, not necessarily smaller market teams, just like also just the fact that like it's um like teams that don't normally get the national attention in general, mm-hmm. um whether that be small market or anything. I actually kind of like the idea of that though, because like I I don't really get to see those teams very often. It's like I don't maybe I'm just kind of a nerd when it comes to like 
for for some reason, I always like really want like terrible teams, like small market terrible teams, like to do really well. It's like I I want I want I want it to work in, um, in, in an era where it seems like you know the um, where the big market teams used to only succeed. So, right, yeah. So, I don't so know like I mean. I'm all it's like whenever like Jacksonville like had that year where like they seemed like they were like almost Super Bowl contenders. Like I was like actually like really cheering for them. I so I mean as far as like a bad matchup point, yeah, I mean that's definitely like more of a problem for the fans. Um again, it, I guess it comes it, it depends where you're coming from too, because as a like I said, as somebody who watches red zone i mean i am getting to watch every team now i know they do put more attention on the more prominent teams and more bigger matchups for sure um but they are showing every touchdown from every game so you do get to see uh these these teams but you know i think there could be a lot of reasons they're doing that yeah like i said maybe they are doing it to give the the attention to these smaller teams I mean, the other reason it could be is that they're like, I feel like this would be messed up, though. So I can't really believe this. But like, are, would they be putting teams that are less likely to be successful on there? Because, you know, Thursday night football games are a lot harder to prepare for. And, you know, the 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 risk of injury and stuff like that is higher. Like, I find that hard to believe that they would like put a team in that situation um intentionally but it's just something gives you really um, think the nfl is not going to consider not not going to consider player safety and I, I mean they're getting sued left and right so like i feel like they i mean with the whole I, you know it's the cte argument um i mean people are all over them and and i know a lot of players are not happy about the uh the thursday night games because of that reason like the injury factor and and here's what's um, here's what's yeah. funny about that though because and i so the one thing i didn't quite look up in, in in original research for this kind of thing um was certain times when players criticized uh thursday games i know i think sh- that was richard sherman who yeah richard sherman went off on it yeah. the one time that was 2017 yeah yeah because no. he, he what he got he got a knee injury or something he, he, no he ruptured his achilles oh is that what it was okay wow yeah, yeah. I, I, I forgot all about that so i in getting somewhat close to how players feel about that um i found an article uh from the tampa bay times um so apparently they were talking, they, you know, they were basically just running an article talking about what we're talking about currently, right? Um, called uh, Should the NFL Play on Thursday Nights? Um, so it, it cites the, the Richard Sherman incident a little bit. And uh, what they apparently did was they apparently uh, grabbed a bunch of uh, Tampa Bay Times staff writers to get, uh, to, to get their opinions. And I want to read this one real quick and I, I really want to get your thoughts on this. this is the top one like this this is the one that they first cite like on the on this article here so this is from uh rick stroud uh who's apparently a uh, a beat writer for the bucks um uh-huh. so he goes on to say and i quote uh the nfl is not going to eliminate thursday night football nor do they think there is any need to do so furthermore the dirty little secret is most players love it there's no concrete evidence that players are more prone to become injured playing on Thursday night with only four days in between games. Recovery is an issue, and maybe there is a cumulative effect that can't be measured. But the truth is, players love it. 
In addition to the windfall of extra revenue it provides for players, uh, citing that the NFLPA is also 50-50 partners with the NFL, players love the fact that they have a week of practice that offers no pads or physical exertion. That cracks me up right there, that freaking sentence. Yeah. That, and and, go ahead. and I was just going to say another factor to that is like players just also really like having the spotlight, you know? Sure. And that that that's all fine. I just I like that because it sounds like like if you played like high school or middle school sports and practice got canceled, like where you'd be so excited about it. Are, are, are <laughs> NFL players still doing yeah. this? Like, well, I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that you know, maybe there is something um, to be said about that. Like if, if players are out there, but like uh, saying this, but um, I, it almost is like a cop out thing for me because yeah, you're getting an easy practice, but I, I just don't think like, you know, the injuries that can happen in football. Um, I, you know, I said this before, like football is like, sh- should be illegal at some point. It's like, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's a fucking bold statement (laughs) no dude dude, it's crazy crazy dangerous like if you really think about it like people are like basically missiles coming at you with that helmet like helmet to helmet hits it's like missiles hitting you yeah um but so it's a it's almost like a cop out like oh well we have an easy practice and then we get a game and then we get like some time off like this is great but then it's like there's no way your body can. I'm sorry, but like I, I have a hard time believing that your body can rest up in in that short amount of time from a Sunday. You know, say your game ends Sunday at, let's just say you're in the four o'clock window. Your game ends Sunday at eight o'clock, um, right. and your Thursday night game. It's a Thursday night game, but you're probably you know on the field by the afternoon. Sure. I just find it hard to believe well, that your body well, is rested. Well, Tyler, keep in mind, it's like after that Thursday night game, though, like you'll get extra, like it, they call it a mini bye week after that. Right. And what, what should I, like I said, I'm sure players like that, but like, I just feel like it's really dangerous to put yourself out there. And, and going with that, like are players playing a hundred percent, like, you know, with their heart a hundred percent, or they may be, I mean, I know it's tough to say like that, but like, or maybe they're not playing to their hardest ability because they are worried about an injury or something. I don't know, but it just seems like um, I, I just, like I said, I find it so very hard to believe. Let's so and 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 just for like I said in this article, they they did talk. They brought a lot of their writers to talk about this, um, and he's not the only one who cites uh, similar points. But you do have some people who, well, they were. <laughs> He had someone who was criticizing the ads that they were playing, like the, uh, uh, you know, the ones they've been doing recently where it's like one fan of one team and a fan of another team, like kind of trading insults at each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, the one person said we could actually, I could actually do without seeing the Titans ever again on TV personally. <laughs> um, so, and, and someone, you know, go, I, I won't read all of them, but like further down, someone says NFL can't talk about player safety while running teams out in short weeks on three days of rest. Uh, someone suggested doubling up on Mondays, which I want to try and take an approach to real quick. So let's, instead of giving Thursday night football a negative connotation right now, so let's not focus on criticizing Thursday night football for a second. So what if tomorrow the NFL announces, okay, Thursday night football is not going to happen, but we are going to add that game to, you know, 
uh, and to like an extra Monday game. So now you get two night games on Monday and then your typical Sunday and then nothing on Thursday. Does that just does that schedule by itself without thinking that Thursday night ever existed? Do we believe that that schedule would work better for players, coaches and even the NFL looking for the ratings and everything else? Does that work? I think for the the, the players hang on, and coaches, hang, on. Hang, hang on can you can you repeat like the last 10 seconds because like my internet cut out for a second so i'm asking like, just I'm repeat ask- the question okay, yeah yeah so i'm asking about if you know forgetting the negative connotation that thursday night football might have just let's just say the nfl just for business sake came out tomorrow and said okay we're not gonna do thursday night football anymore we're going to take the thursday night football game and put it on monday so monday now is a double header and then your typical Sunday. So you get Sunday, Monday football, and then nothing on Thursday. Um, and forgetting that Thursday night football ever existed, does that type of schedule benefit everybody? The players, coaches for game planning and, and recovery and stuff like that. And does that benefit the NFL in terms of ratings and everything else? What are your general thoughts? Um, I mean, it definitely benefit it would definitely benefit the um it would definitely benefit the players and the coaches like to an extent. I don't think that's um, I don't necessarily think it would benefit like the owners in the league in general, just because like I feel like that would almost decrease Monday Night Football ratings just because it's so like iconic that it's like the standalone game of the night. You know, I don't even know if it's just that I think like so I agree. Like, I think it would benefit the players and coaches because for the players, you get more rest and for the coaches, you can game plan better. But you know, if you if you were to do that, because ever you know, as we know, the first week of the season they do two Monday night football games. They do a seven o'clock game and like a ten twenty game. By the time the ten o'clock game is over, it's like one thirty in the morning. So like, I don't know if that would be good for the league. Well, I was suggesting like just moving things back a little bit, like not not to ten. Well, Let's say the first game starts at six and the other one starts at nine. I mean, I like feel that. like I feel like the like the easier option, but like just put a like. If Thursday night football is one game and that's all you're worried about, move it to a Saturday or something. Like they do oh. Saturday games at the end of the season. Why can't you do it for the whole season? Well, then I mean that would well, conflict with college, college football. football, right? So I, I I probably wouldn't want to move it to Saturday. However, I I guess here's my question: If we take away Thursday night football, just 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 what benefits or what negatives happen? Like okay, so yeah, benefits are are, are pretty obvious to. Uh, what's already kind of been talked about. Okay, more recovery time for the players, more uh, time to plan for all the coaches and staff and stuff like that. Uh, but is there any negative connotation besides, I guess, you know, the out-of-market teams or the small market teams, rather, uh, getting the spotlight every once in a while? Is there any negative to taking away Thursday Night Football? I, mean, I, I Like I said, I think for the league, you might... See, I don't know, because, um, like... I, because I, I, I mean, there, there is a there is a slight because there's a slight um, negative. It's just the fact that uh, with that Thursday night game, you do get a little bit extra rest afterwards. Like I feel like, like that, that that would be another one. Yeah, I mean that that's the big thing for the players. Like as a league, I don't know. Like I feel like I mean this is it's obviously going to be case by case. Like I can't just say oh the majority is going to be this way, but like I feel like somebody would be more inclined because they're free on a Monday night to then to watch it on a Thursday night. Cause I don't know, like Thursday is closer to the weekend. People might be out or something. And but that's not know. the general public though. I mean, I would argue well, as that I'm saying, but like, yeah. I just, and, and I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's not, the, it's, it is case by case, but I just don't think, I mean, I'll be honest. Like I don't 
I haven't really even watched Monday Night Football that much. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. I, I I watch my Sunday night. I watch you know Sunday football and and most of Sunday night footballs. But like, I don't know. It just it it doesn't really interest me. And and part of Monday night football's problem for me is the announcers kind of ruin it for me. I'll be <laughs> honest. Um, again, another separate conversation. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I just I, like I said, it's hard. I, I'm so on the side of getting rid of, rid of Thursday night football. It is kind of hard for me to see the other side because of like just the time of rest for the players it would give. So like I would be okay with that, but I'm sure the league wouldn't because I'm sure some way they would lose money out of it. But how? But that that's that's the other thing I was gonna bring up. It was like how? I, I guess you lose a primetime slot because I mean, and we've talked about this. Like when we, whenever we do the podcast, we aim for what's primetime and. Prime time is typically, you know, anytime from six o'clock in the evening till about, I don't know, 10 or 11 at night. And then that's the one like the late night is. Yeah. And, and like that's when everybody is is typically gathered around their television. Right. So, you know, OK, sure. Maybe if you take away Thursday night football, NFL loses one primetime slot. And and since the NFL is such a nationwide event, uh, maybe that'll hurt them a little bit. But. I would argue that, you know, most of the people watching football, the most people are trying to please are diehard football fans one one way or another. Right. right? So why would not just double it up on the Monday and the people who do want to watch a game, you know, maybe a little bit later into the evening, like another hour or so than than typical on a Monday night. Why not? Right. And then it may be like the first Monday slot is the kind of beat around game, like the game that really you know, probably could have been played on Sunday, but didn't for whatever reason. And then you have like a bigger, better matchup for your, I guess, primetime Monday night game. I guess that's my question, right? I mean, and and I'm with the point that, you know, players don't have as much time to recover. And football is, and, and uh, one of the other writers says it here perfectly, that it's not a game that you play on short rest. That, you know, yeah. in baseball, you play every day. Like that—that's a given. But you're not in getting into collisions with 300-pound linemen every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then. And there's a lot of sitting and standing, of course. Right. Well, of course, of course. So, I, I guess one way I'm also thinking about it is, you know, we've been mentioning bad matchups on on Thursday Night Football so far. Um, do we think that because of forget the short rest part of it, the fact that the practices then become just walkthroughs. Do you think there's make this may be such a minuscule factor, but I'm, I am curious of thoughts. If, uh, if you have a Thursday night game coming up and you're not doing full pads, you're doing walkthroughs and, and whatever else, and then film study or whatever. And that's it. Does it make them a lesser team for that week? Do we think? I I think so for sure, because it's always talked about that. The playbook gets, like shrinks for Thursday night games mm-hmm. um, usually because uh, because of that. Uh, I think that, and, and maybe to my other point, like if a guy is not, you know, 100% recovered or maybe his body's aching more than it would if he was to play on a Sunday, you might not get the best product on the field. I think, I mean, that's my opinion. I, obviously, like I've never been in their shoes, but like I just – it's hard for me to watch these hits and be like, he can come back in three days. <laughs> no. So that's where I disagree. Um, I actually think that, um, so like you, you mentioned the matchups like being terrible and all, but like, if you actually watch the games, like they're actually really fucking good. Um, yeah, I feel like that's hit or miss though. Well, that's that you could argue with that for Monday and yeah, Sunday night as well though. Yeah. 
and if if you're gonna center it around um you know thursday night you know i gotta it's you know gotta bring up you know all the prime time slots but i i guess for thursday night it's like like most if not all of the thursday night games that i've watched like and and i'm excluding falcon games from this um have actually been pretty entertaining to watch now um, okay sorry i'm sorry I was, I was just gonna say i feel like it gets a bad stigma because of the matchups it's like okay yeah i don't want to see the titans versus you know the raiders for the 15th year in a row but it's it's um but if you're to like actually sit down and watch the game I, like it's actually pretty good i'll give you the matchups like argument because I, I try not to harp on the whole matchups thing as much as i possibly can because you know i'm a sports fan right i follow teams and i'll watch them really whoever they're playing right like that but that's me right i'm not worried about what game gets thursday monday night or sunday night i'm just checking to be like okay one of the pats playing okay cool monday night Cool. I can probably make an event out of that because, you know, I'm not actually going to get blacked out here in Baltimore. You know what I mean? But on top of that, I mean, I'm just I'm just on the whole rest thing. But I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I can see what you're saying for the matchup. So I'm sorry. It's, I, I kind of trailed off. But go ahead, Ty. I'm sorry. I'd... Well, I, I was just going to say and I, I'm going to put this out there. The NFL would never do this. I'm just kind of saying it as a uh, uh just putting it out there so like what if they got rid of the thursday night game and added another week or two to the season like well, I, I wonder how fans well, so that. i mean well and we started talking about this yesterday when we were playing xbox that uh they're they were looking at an 18 week season right that apparently went down the drain and now there's more excessive talks for a 17 week season so that that is one extra week so if you add that one extra week, do you really need there's any football still? Well, so, I mean, I think their concern like with that too, possibly is like, you don't want, I, I'm sure they don't want their season going into mid February. Um, mm. But I just feel like if you add more, I, I, don't, I feel like, I don't know. I guess for me, I, I think that the fans would rather enjoy two more weeks than, thursday night football like and i know a lot of people are calling for a bigger season and it looks like you know it's not really happening besides maybe an extra week but i mean i think if you extended the season you'd at least have to consider taking out thursday night football although i think they never would but i just you know from a wear and tear standpoint i think um you know I, i think that that could be something um like that that in my head that makes sense but like i said i know the nfl would never do it yeah i it's um, it, it's interesting and then i i do want to leave you guys article and you guys uh to take a look at it it's some interesting talk here uh someone is is also suggesting on top of the double up that it'll take away popularity of the bachelor and therefore it's a win-win so you got that <laughs> you got that going for you um they're also saying um it, Someone, they're also it, a lot of a lot of the people who are for it are arguing the whole small market thing, and I, I get it as somebody who is an out of market fan of the Patriots. Like I do not live anywhere near Boston, like at all. But you know, I I obviously want to see the Patriots play, so I have to get lucky or have to wait when they're on prime time to actually watch the Patriots each week. And ninety percent of the time, ninety percent of the season, I don't get to. And you know. I guess, uh, I don't know. It, I'm trying to think. 
I get I it. I that argument for the people, yeah. I get it, but on, on the same token, it, it, football is just weird with television. It just is. And I, you, everybody gets their local game, right? And that's pleasing the majority of football fans. I, I think it's just like the same thing about how you were suggesting like, you know, the people who might be off on Thursdays can catch a football game. Well, but that's not most of the majority, right? I mean, yeah. it just it just isn't. So I, I guess I'm trying to, you know, as much as it probably sucks, I'm all for kind of catering to the majority uh, for, for the most part for these kind of things. I was trying to find stats for for just Thursday night football, but they are apparently extremely hard to get. Well, like, could, like viewership. viewership numbers I, dude i can never find viewership it's insane i can't find it and I, I can only find like general ones now there was uh there was i read i found one article that was talking about how there was apparently a decline uh in viewership last season uh for the for like the lowest since like 2000 or something like that but i think that was a very sensationalized article but here's the thing Football just hasn't lost its popularity. I mean, no matter what way you spit it, like it, it's not as a whole football is still, you know, everybody loves it in America. Like it yeah. just it just it, the popularity is not going to go down. And honestly, it doesn't matter if it's Thursday night or Monday night or Sunday night. Everyone's going to watch it. So I guess what I'm saying is from a business perspective and from a consumer perspective, you know, everyone's still going to tune in. NFL is going to make money. People are going to still going to watch those games no matter what. It's just a matter of, you know, with all this talk of player safety and everything else, is Thursday night football the move for for in this new era that we're kind of ushering in where we're, we're really putting the players first or trying to put the players first? Now, are we ever going to get to a time where the NFL is like completely going to do that? Doubt. But, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, as you know, all the CTE lawsuits are happening and, and, and all, all this all this more discussion about all these injuries that these football players and even other athletes are, are, are experiencing nowadays. I mean, Jesus Christ, you watch urinating trees like this week in sports ball videos. He literally does a thing at the very end where he goes through all the injuries that happened that week in football. And it's ridiculous each week. Yeah. Like it, people I, get hurt, man. And, and I can't. And, and the one person I read earlier was right. I can't find statistical evidence that says that it, 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 you know, that players are more inclined to get hurt from shorter rest in, in, in a football game. I mean, you can get hurt in a football game, you know, the first time you get on the field. I mean, it happens all the time. I just, to me, it just sounds like common sense, right? If you don't have, you know, a full week of rest like you normally do if you play Sunday and then Sunday again, I feel like your body is just going to be worn down and just not 100%. And then something stupid can happen. And on top of that, man, I mean, even... If you don't get a lot of sleep, you're not thinking correctly either. So you can make a stupid move and it hurts somebody else. It seems like I'm not trying to be dramatic about this. I'm just saying what definitely can happen and what definitely makes sense in my head. Now, I don't think we've gotten to a point that we can fully say for sure that Thursday Night Football is causing a ton of problems. But with all the the, you know, I guess with all the matchups that's really bringing the spotlight to this whole thing, like all the bad matchups they do get, it's pretty, you know, reasons that like i'm talking about do kind of make sense so is the nfl gonna do with it no is it necessary i don't think so right um you know i i think that yeah i i think that you're right i mean i i don't think that you can definitely say that thursday night football is causing these injuries but i feel like from a percentage standpoint you would have to assume that 
it would happen because of the whole rest factor and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think there is a something to be said about that, even if it isn't statistically proven. But um, I mean, like you said, I mean, you can get hurt at any point. It's 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 uh, not something like, oh, you're only on three days rush. You're definitely going to get hurt. But if you're playing percentages, I feel like that's the case. And and, and for all the other points that we stated, I mean, I think it's uh I, look, I, I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying Thursday night football is 100 percent bad. I just think it's something that I personally think should be removed. Um, I, you know, I think I think Bobby does, and I don't. I'm not sure about Brendy, but like either way, if what side of the fence you're on, I mean, there is something to be said um, about like injuries and stuff like that. I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say my my final, you know, I guess my my stance on it as a, a general standpoint is. I don't think it's a necessary thing to have Thursday night football. Like I'll still watch if it's Monday night or Thursday night. If I grew up and it was two games Monday nights, I probably would have tuned in. And not to be a hypocrite, Thursday night football happens. I mean, no, I like I said earlier, I'm not really actively watching that game because I'm, you know, Pats probably aren't playing in it a lot of the time. But you know, I give the NFL their viewership sometimes. I give them that viewer. I give them you know that ad revenue just from turning it on. You know what I mean? So I can't be hypocrite and say I like, no, I am completely rebelling against this. No. <laughs> Is it an active issue? I don't think so. Not yet. It's going to take something pretty catastrophic for that to happen or NFL loses a ton of money, whichever comes first. So, you know, is it an active issue? No. Would it make sense to me if they start thinking about removing it or trying to fix it in some way? I certainly think so. You know, before something bad happens, maybe. I, I would suggest, but that's just me. Brandon, did you have anything else to add, or are you ready to move on? Um, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I am ready to move on, but um, no. I, so I guess, I, I, I guess my my main point is, uh, or my my main argument is like, is like, hey, you get you get that extra rest. Players enjoy it, and uh, it, it. I think it creates a lot of interesting games. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I, I I assume I'm pro. I, am I the only uh, like keep it vote? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm on the other side, and I think Bob is kind of yeah. Undecided. If it came down to a vote, I'm voting nay. Like get rid of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, I don't, it's it's weird too because like I see a lot of football fans on Twitter like, oh, get rid of this shit. But then like all this attention says, oh, well, we're not sure. So. Either and way. one one last sorry one last thing I just want to say is like I feel like people almost use Thursday night football like just as a punching bag and only pay attention to like the bad stuff that happens you know that I uh, yeah I could agree with that, that that's, I, that's 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 media that. and 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 sports fans and everything else in general at, at the moment so just mm-hmm. a constant state of who the fuck do we get to cancel and destroy next all right move on. <laughs> Yep. Yep. And with that, we are <laughs> going to move on to In Case You Missed It, and Brandy can take it away. All right, guys. So I have a very important question to ask. Of course you do. And, and, this, is a, and this is this is this is a question brought 
um, brought to you by uh, Will Brinson of CBS. He's an NFL writer. I think I don't know how to. Uh, is it Brinson? Brinson? I don't know. I think it is Brinson. Okay. Um, but he he um, tweeted out a very important question, and I, I need to get your guys' opinions on this. Okay. Uh, so how ha- how low do you let your phone battery go uh, get before like you decide? It needs to. You need to like get up and charge it. Two percent. Two percent. You're living on the edge. Oh, dude. I mean, you. Here's the thing. Like, I have an extension cord that I have plugged into my uh, my charging cable, so like I can charge it from like freaking across the room. So like I never get let it go that low, but like I'll let it go to like I don't know four percent, three percent. Is this what CBS is is paying this guy for? <laughs> they ask these kind of questions. <laughs> Oh, no, he's a senior NFL writer. I guess he was just bored and wanted to ask the question. Hey, you're an NFL writer um, in the season and you're bored, man. So I just I want to I, I want to read some of this, uh, some of these responses. Um, okay. This this guy, uh, Matt Snyder of CBS uh, replied and said, I freak out when I get below 50 percent. And I think I think if that happens, like you need to get like meant like you need to seek out help because uh <laughs> Because, like, I, I mean, okay, if you had, like, an iPhone 4, I guess that's kind of understandable. But, like, this, I, I don't know, not in today's not in today's phone world. So, uh, I don't know. For me, personally, though, it's, like, I'm a lazy fuck. And, okay, no. my, fo- my phone, if, like, if I charge it overnight and like, I go to work with it fully charged, it'll be good until, you know, the end of the night. So, I don't have to worry about that. Mm. Um, I don't know. Is that something you? And I, I should say I'm not on my phone much, and like I hardly ever do anything on my phone except text you guys. So, um, so for me, it's not really a problem because I don't have anything that's like draining the battery. Um, but for you guys, like, you, do you guys like play games or stuff on your phone that like kills I, uh, it or something? I mean, I so I you know preface. I am not an iPhone user. Uh, never. And have neither been, am I, and never will. Um. I, former yeah i own a uh, lg v30 this is my uh third lg phone and so i got this almost like a year and a half maybe now and the battery is still just as good as when i first got the phone which i've had trouble mm-hmm. with with phones in the past where like after a while of having the phone the battery just starts to not hold a charge just as well no this yeah. and i'm knocking on wood here you know has been very good to me now i don't play games typically on my phone i'm not usually a phone gamer what i definitely do is use my phone though um i have notifications out the fucking ass like everything from bleacher report to cbs sports espn nhl uh twitter uh facebook instagram i get a ton of notifications and i'm on twitter and reddit constantly and i can you know let's say my day starts at 9 a.m. like I got class or whatever, you know, I could probably get to, you know, maybe the end of the work day or a couple hours after before having to plug in my phone. And even then it's probably at like 10%. And, you know, I'll want to charge it before I have my my night stuff going on, my evening stuff. You know what I mean? So that's usually that good for me. I say I I do share somewhat of a sentiment about the under 50% thing. It depends on where I am. Like, if I'm sitting at home, you know, it'll have to be at, like, 15 before I start to be like, okay, maybe I should probably get up soon and plug it in. But if I'm out somewhere and I know I'm going to be out for quite a while and I'm starting to get, like, 45 40%, I'm like, okay, this uh, might not last me forever, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
I well, see, I, I've tested that out a little bit. And like for me, it's like if I'm on my phone, like I, like my I guess something about Samsung's like they the battery does not go down very yeah. fast yeah. at all. Um, Like I if let me put it this way, it's like you guys know I work early mornings and like I if I get off at like, you know, 11 or 12, let's say I go into work at like, you know, six in the morning with my phone at like 30 percent yeah i am comfortable knowing that my phone will still be on and like usable when i I leave work i see it that i can't do but you know at full charge my phone could definitely last through the whole day and and And, change yeah and some and sometimes like while i'm working i like to like listen to youtube videos so yeah (laughs) i think that would drain it but it it really doesn't so i don't know for for me it's like i don't really think about it because i don't really need to charge my phone unless i'm going to bed yeah no nah. and most I, it is rare that my phone actually dies like even especially when i'm out it is very rare um but mm-hmm. you know it, it i still get a little concerned if i'm out and i'm like 30 percent. I, I like having my phone <laughs> you know I, I i guess for me like i wouldn't say i'm addicted totally addicted to my phone but I, I definitely do use my phone quite a bit just because i like staying updated on things and and personally i mean it's definitely not for text messaging because i like, ghost youtube motherfuckers like it's my job but you mm. know I'm, I'm you know definitely checking twitter definitely checking you know sports scores and, and articles and stuff like that so you know i i like having that like you know if i have you know five minutes i'm like uh you know i'm not doing anything for the next five minutes okay let's go check see what's going on kind of thing that's just me right yeah um ty you got anything to add i mean i'm an iphone user and I <laughs> oh <laughs> Uh, that hurts. We don't so, fucking like, stand Apple in this fucking here, here's, podcast. Here's the thing. I I mean, there's a lot of things I agree with you guys with Apple. Like, I think like they're pretty cheap in terms of like if you if you like break your phone, they're gonna tell you it's unusable and you got to get a new one. Yeah. But like, I'm so used to the interface and stuff like that, and I'm so used to iOS. Like, it's hard for me to think about yeah. like going to another phone. But like, I'm using my phone for like social media and stuff like that, and like. Like getting notifications for sports, and mm. um, you know, if I if I wake up in the morning ten o'clock and and you you know go to class or whatever by you know six o'clock or something, I might need to charge it, but it might be at like thirty percent. Yeah, I mean, my I, I understand the whole interface thing with Apple, like an iOS, like I like look, I'll be the first to admit it is a very simplistic and stylized interface that anybody can can understand. Like you know, that's why you know. Older people who were, might be upgrading to smartphones usually lean towards the iPhone, and I get that, and I'm I'm fine admitting that. I just can't stand Apple's practices a lot of time. Like they literally had to admit that they put a thing in your phone that once a new one gets released, it starts to basically destroy yours. Yeah, like that bullshit. Down. Like at least with Android, it's open source, so that stuff really can't happen. You know, and not to right. mention uh, iPhones seem to be a lot more fragile than. Uh, Android. I also don't buy Dude, my, my phone. phone is glass. Yeah, yeah. I I also don't buy my phone for the camera like at all. Like I just because I I have like an actual camera, so I don't care too much about yeah. the camera. So like every time like you know, especially recently with the brand new iPhone they just announced, like oh it has three cameras on it. Okay, cool. Does it work? And will it break? You know, if I drop it on carpet, like you know that yeah. that, that kind of stuff. But yes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Um very interesting hearing about your phone stories phone everybody charging habits yeah all right so 
got got another list got another list for you guys it's not yeah fucking uh, go baby so it is it it is not from the rank it (laughs) i'm taking away your soundboard privileges (laughs) for five minutes um okay so this is not from ranker uh this is actually from bleacher report um so and i have to say like i completely disagree with some of the names on this list. No oh boy. But um, but I want to see if you guys can at least get like maybe like you know maybe seven or eight. Can't so wait, can't wait to be out again on the first guess. All right, so here we go. You're not gonna get out on the first guess unless you're just stupid. Um, oh. so okay, from Bleacher Report, the top ten NBA players of all time. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, let's start. Let's start with you, Bobby, because you clearly have the most confidence uh, uh no 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 not even not even close top okay. 10 basketball players all time i mean okay I, I mean i have to i have to take the obvious one out of the way first michael jordan yes michael jordan is number one yeah let me get that out of the way okay ty uh lebron holy shit lebron first lebron round. lebron is number two yep congratulations bobby i'm sending you a trophy right now cool <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> So you guys got one and two. Okay. I'm curious if you guys can go in order, but don't. I'm, yeah, I'm not counting that. on it. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Number. Uh. What. What you got, Bobby? Kobe. You've lost already. <laughs> wow. That actually is a little bit surprising. That is. Um. So this is kind of where the. This is kind of why I wanted to talk about this because everyone is freaking out that Kobe Bryant is only ranked number fourteen. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of really. Crazy. I would yes. have figured he at least broke top ten. And Tyler, you want to try to crack, you know, the rest of the list? Um, so I'm uh, the other n- names that came to mind would be Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Okay. Um, was, and, Larry Bird was my next one. You fucker. Um, Will that's Chamber- four. And f- that's four and five, by the way. Will Chamberlain, I would think. Kareem. That would be nine. Kareem is three. So you guys need five, six, seven, and eight, uh, and ten. Shaq or excuse me, six, Shaq seven, can't six, be on seven, that list. Shaq is number six. No shit. This list really? is a fraudulent list. This is a certified <laughs> list Are from Bleacher. Oh, you know what? This <laughs> might be. I I probably will go out on this, but a dark horse shot because of the championships would be Bill Russell. Bill Russell is actually number eight. I'm no surprised shit. you got that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I just oh, feel man. like they would do that. More rings than more rings than fingers. Um. Jesus. Honestly, that's all I I can't think uh, of anybody else. How many how many uh, are you, left? So you got there's two more that you guys have missed. Jeez. Um seven and ten. Damn. Uh Tim Duncan, I don't know. Tim Duncan is number seven. Wow. <laughs> you just get lucky now, man. It all right. can't, it can't then, be another then, modern player. And then number ten. Who you guys got? It I'm gonna be shocked if you guys can get it this. It can't be a it can't be a uh TJ McConnell. You're close. <laughs> Come uh, on, M- McGrady. Give me McGrady. McGrady. No, not McGrady. <laughs> McGrady. I. People always talk about how McGrady's underrated. I completely disagree. But uh, continue on. I don't know. Hakeem Olajuwon or um. Hakeem is thirteen. 
So right uh, above Julie. Julius Irving. Like, I'm throwing every historic AI. player, I think, yeah, at the AI. Julius Irving. I don't actually see Dr. J on here. Um, AI is not on here. Okay, so you guys just want me to tell you? Yeah, yeah. This is, you guys can be, might be pissed about this. Number 10 is Steph Curry. <laughs> fuck yourself. Get out of here. Wait, and what number was he? 10. 10. All right, look. Uh, uh, but, okay, so I'll, I'll give you 11, 15. So these are the players that he's over. Okay. It's over, um, he, he's Kobe. over uh, Oscar Robertson. That's the that's uh, bad. Uh, <laughs> That's bad. Uh, yeah, uh, David Robertson. Uh, that that's a, that's surprising to me. Well, I think yeah. he's not cracking. Well, and then uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Kobe Bryant, and Kevin Durant. How in the, the fuck is why Steph is above Kevin Kobe? Durant, why is Kevin? Look, Kevin Durant <laughs> and Steph Curry are you know top twenty five, top five best players in probably this generation. Um. But all time, I think like Steph Curry is the greatest three point shooter of all time, like definitely. But like to be ahead of Kobe, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I, I I don't think like okay. So thing, do you guys yeah. do you guys agree with the the top five though? We got Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, uh, Magic, and Bird. I I, yeah. I I I have no fight on that one really. I uh, mean, I, I would m- maybe put Wilt Chamberlain. There, like, I no, nah, actually, no, that, that's that's a good top five. Yeah, I think okay. I have no argument for that top five. Like, I mean, I could I could sit here and switch them out all day, but honestly, that's a yeah. solid top five. And then when you get down to like the bottom, you know, six through ten, like that's kind of dicey, isn't it? it I just how <laughs> Bro, is Kobe not in the top ten? Is what so, I don't, like, but Shaq is. That's what I don't so get. He, yeah, first of all, <laughs> that is a disgrace. Number one, number two. Like the fact that Kobe is or Shaq's over Kobe, and like I said, I love Steph. He's one of my favorite players in the league, but he's not better than Kobe. Come on, I, well, like, uh, it, like as a as a historical greatest of all time with the accomplishments and all this, like how he played. I just I don't know. I I just yeah. and, 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 like LeBron James belongs in the top three for 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 so many reasons, and why the the goat debate is the whole thing, and it's something we have yet to really touch on, and I'm sure at some point we will. But it's on my list, you know, for the yeah. I know for the time being. Right. I mean, there's you know, there are plenty of reasons why he's up there for a guy that's still in the league and still playing right now. Right. You know, Steph Curry is is a phenomenal player, you know, bar none. Right. But I don't think it, it, we're at a point to call him top 10 yet. Like not even close. Like I think Kobe has done more than enough to be in there, especially over fucking Shaq. I would be happier with the top 10 if Shaq if Kobe replaced Shaq even if Steph Curry was still on I'd be I, happier with that I know. I it's the Shaq right. thing that's killing me right <laughs> yeah. now I love Shaq, Shaq but yeah. fuck no man I, I agree with that <laughs> Christ yeah I, um, I know. and there there's been very 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 mixed reactions from <laughs> sure from, uh, from this and here here's a, here's like probably my favorite uh just it's a quick little clip that <laughs> is this a clip i play for streamer yeah just play it really right, i mean yeah. just really quick there's not any sound to it i don't think oh there's no uh, okay i'll definitely but, just full uh, screen it to take a look yeah it's it's pretty funny though <laughs> yeah give me one second i'll get this all set up but yeah keep on talking yeah there's no sound <laughs> to this there's no sound to this um yeah, but yeah. yeah okay i see what you're saying yep all right i'm gonna i'm gonna play this for the stream now <laughs> simple uh, enough for audio listeners it is a gentleman scrolling uh, or, or i'm sorry somebody uh scr- 
scrolling through twitter seeing the top 10 going to their home screen and deleting the bleacher report app off their phone so there you go so you get that little uh you get that little reaction there yeah so it's very um i kind of wish i had made my own list to see what you guys were were gonna think about that but i don't think steph curry just i I did not top 10 so yeah I, i wouldn't put curry in the top 10 um I would probably put Kobe. Let's see. So the top five is solid. I wouldn't put him up there. I would probably put Kobe at maybe, let's say maybe eight. I'd have him around there probably. Yeah. yeah no. I, yeah. I'd, I'd be and like, and then and then and then have like um, Chamberlain, and then let's see Chamberlain, Duncan, and him would almost be tied. I feel like. I feel like um, highest you could put Kobe is honestly he could just be just below the top five. Honestly, I mean. Yeah. Like six. Yeah, I, I would give him like highest six and maybe lowest. OK, fine. Give him a 10 for God's sake. If, if you really want to get him throwing him 10. to 14 for fuck's sake. Right. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get that yeah, one, man. And honestly, yeah, yeah I, I just don't think Shaq's on the top 10. Again, love Shaq to death, but yeah. no way. I like I know like Shaq and Kobe like I don't know if it's a real thing or not, but like the quote unquote beef they have or like somewhat beef they have like I wonder if Shaq would admit like yeah this list is terrible like they, how does he he's a real well, dude Shaq's a real so, one too like the the feud be- between them has like long been gone because like I don't know if you so like when Kobe Bryant retired and like the Lakers were trying to decide um which number they wanted to retire Shaq was like hey like you should really retire like number eight because like that means a lot like a lot more to the franchise yeah before yeah. it does um so so like the feud between them is like i think Shaq would almost certainly disagree like Shaq would probably be like yeah i'm still better but like at least put him in the top 10 they they did have like some of their beef come up recently over something one of them said i remember and then kobe was him and kobe said something on twitter and it was was all in good fun though i forget exactly what it was he's like yeah i mean yeah it's like Shaq having beef with charles barkley like it it happens all the time (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) I mean, look, I, I'm all for the competitive spirit. I mean, geez. I, right. the funniest thing for Shaq at the moment is the video of him in the mosh pit a few months ago that came out. That shit was funny. Oh, yeah. That shit yeah. was funny. Come on, though. Kim trying to get into a Kia? Come yeah. On, whatever he does. I forget what commercial he does. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on, Ty. Yeah, Jesus. So we're going to move on to our second big topic of the episode. Uh, we're going to take a look back at some of the biggest drafts busts big one, boys. in sports history. Um, we're kind of just going to do this as a roundtable thing. Where we kind of what are you? I'm trying to talk. <laughs> we're just going to go in the roundtable and uh, kind of just have a discussion here and Garbage. see what comes up. So, I will start. All right. Um, I think the if I had like to rank all time, I think this person might be number one. A bust. Gonna go with Jamarcus Russell. Uh, okay. The, the number Pretty one, solid. Yep. Number one overall pick in 2007 to the Oakland Raiders. Um, this guy. What? <laughs> my favorite story about Jamarcus Russell is this, and I don't know if you ever heard it before, but the Raiders were questioning if Jamarcus was actually. Uh, reviewing the footage they were sending him home for basically homework, uh, <laughs> like a film study thing, uh, stuff like that. They're sending him him with DVDs. Uh, so one week, they sent a blank DVD home. 
and to see if he was actually watching it. And he, you know, came back to the team and reported that, you know, he had seen <sighs> the DVD. It was all good. Uh, he was all good to go. Um, and then he was told it was a blank DVD and uh, they were not very happy with him. Oh, so this guy just didn't seem to have the, yeah. the spirit. The, yeah, he just he just didn't care or maybe he thought he was above watching film. I don't know. I don't need to watch film. So, I don't do my shit. So I, I, I just want to talk about this briefly. You probably already know about this. Um, but when Jamarcus Russell was drafted, he refused to sign until he got a uh, lucrative yeah, contract. I know it was. It's, <laughs> so I don't. I don't know if it still stands, but at the time, it was the biggest rookie contract ever. Signed. What like year six, was this? This was two thousand seven. Yeah. Damn. So it was man. like it was like six years. Six. Well, I've got it. Yeah, I've got his Wikipedia page pulled up. It's a six-year contract mm. worth sixty-eight million, with thirty-one point five million guaranteed. Mm. So I here's what I think his entire plan was. He's going to play well in college, become the number one draft pick, uh, get paid guaranteed money from a rookie scale, rookie scale contract, and then uh, retire. I think that was his plan. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. Like, I think it was like either it was recently. I feel like he said he would play on an NFL team for free. Like he recently had said that on the media or something. And it's funny from that. You know, the other backstabbing thing about this is if I read the story correctly, um, the they really, you know, the, everybody on the team really wanted him except the head coach who I think. It was, why am I thinking it was Lane Kiffin? I think was it him. I forget. Whoever the coach was at the time really wanted Calvin Johnson. Um well, guess what? They went with Jamarcus Russell and Calvin Johnson, you know, one of the, the Raiders head coach. Yeah, at the time. Was it Lane? Kiffin? Let, let me uh, check that for you. But keep yeah, on. but I mean, some of the other people they could have had in that draft, like I said, Calvin Johnson, they could have had AP, could have had Joe Thomas, uh, you know, great uh, lineman. Uh, they could have had Darrell Revis. Um, yeah, you're then, correct. Lane Kiffin. OK, yeah. Um, so, you know, this guy was a guy, it, you know, can you, I, it's hard for me to say like you can blame the Raiders because this guy did have good numbers. I mean, uh, he actually, uh, is the all time leader in passing yards of the state of Alabama for high school. Um, and he threw for over 6,000, like almost 7,000 yards, 52 touchdowns and 21 picks in his college career. And then like, it's almost like you maybe you're right brundy like he got out of college he gets drafted you know then the bullshit starts happening he doesn't sign the contract um you know he has just the problems with watching film and stuff like that um but his nfl career did not last long it only lasted 31 games and in that time he threw 18 uh touchdowns and 23 picks uh and yeah just had a career pass rating of 65.2 so not uh not great um i feel like like, I feel like every time you think of a bust, like, at least for me, like, Jamarcus Russell's there because, you know, there. I think there's a different, and we'll kind of get into this, but there's a different type of bust, right? You have, some guys are bust because of injuries. Some guys are bust because maybe they didn't translate to the next level. And then you get some guys who are just boneheads and, like, think they're above everybody and they're not. So, um, yeah, that's the first guy I have and I think of. And, um you know, this he's one of the guys you look at out of college and he is like built like a beast. I mean, I think he was like six, six, like, I don't 
he was six six two something, and you know he's built like a machine. I mean, he was a great runner. Uh, I remember, I think it was against the Broncos, actually, him having like an eighty or ninety yard rushing touchdown. Like he he was built for all this. It just never correlated, and part of that could have been a um, you know personality problem. So. That's my first one. But, Bernie, what do you got? Uh, so I will say, if I were to make a top five of uh, sports bus of all time, I would probably have Jamarcus Russell at probably like three or four. Mm. Um, and I, I think I think if it wasn't for the fact that like he actually had like a kind of a good rookie season that. Yeah. Um, and I sorry, not I don't sorry. 2008 was his best season. Um so I think if it wasn't for like that one okay season, he'd probably be number one on my list. Um, but this is kind of a name. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and share what I have number one on my list. Um, and this might not be entirely fair because scouting back then was a lot different than it is now. Where it's like if you dr- kind of draft someone number one overall, it's like a 90% chance you got a good player. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I want to kind of bring it back to old school. Um, number one on my list for the worst um, draft busts in history for any sport would probably have to be LaRue Martin of, <laughs> uh, of the Portland Trailblazers. And yeah. if, you, if you've never heard of him, I don't blame you. Um, so I, I want to kind of briefly talk about his college career. From um, he, he actually played for Loyola, Loyola excuse me, um, but he was he was basically like this big 6'11 center, but he was always like really underweight. But um, this was around the time when you when you had the um, the Bill Walton UCLA teams um, and Lou Martin, uh, I think back when um, back when Walton was a sophomore or a freshman, you know, when he was, you know, probably actually beatable. Um, the. LaRue Martin actually did break the the Bruins 88 game winning streak with Martin having 19 points and 18 rebounds. And the Portland Trailblazers were so like really into this guy that they decided to take him number one overall based on like just a couple games. Um, So, and and it's kind of important to note that um, it's kind of important to note that the 72 draft had a lot of um, other superstars like, Julius Irving, uh, Bob McAdoo, a lot of other guys, and that—that's kind of another another thing that we should take, you know, that we should consider uh, when it comes to draft busts. Is like superstars taken after. Oh yeah. Um, after these guys. Yeah. So Larue Martin, he only played for three seasons. Uh, never averaged above, uh, never averaged above five points a game, and has a career block average of 0.5. So for a six eleven guy, he's not blocking very like. Let me put it this way: You could probably post like a point guard could probably posterize this guy. <laughs> um, it, and these these stats are honestly like quite terrible. And he was out of the league by the time he was twenty five. And he, I think he currently, it, it's kind of funny. He actually works at a UPS store now. I think. Oh, are you kidding? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I like I, I think it's like a decent job, but it's not like he's just like some some clerk or whatever. But um, Man. but apparently like after his basketball career he worked for nike and then like went to ups uh and now he's like a, a community service manager which is actually a decent job i looked into it um but 
he actually reflected back on his career and he he quoted and said and saying i don't believe in saying anything negative you have no control over that and keep in mind this is not a guy that was like injured or anything he just came to the nba and sucked um (laughs) and i will say like it's kind of a sad story when you think about it because like it wasn't really his fault that he was taken that high it was just kind of a fact that like a team like just really had zero scouting. They just saw a guy that like made like probably two highlight reels in this college career or something. Why? Well, I was going to to take it. Just to interject real quick. If you look at like, you know, the, the top, whatever top NBA bust of all time, unfortunately for trailblazers fans, there's a lot of Portland up there. So, <laughs> yeah. And it should be important, important to know, like, despite the fact that like LaRue Martin, like isn't, you know, certified NBA bonehead. Um, he uh, actually has his number retired by Loyola. So, nice. uh, which uh, pro- I mean, because like he did have he did have a good college career, but his NBA career just did not did not translate well. So that would probably have to be like my number one or number two uh, of all time uh, sports busts. All right. Let's uh, move on to Bobby. What is the uh, name you got for us? All right. So, you know, I- I'm going to jump over to my sport. Uh, okay. j- just because just I, I want to get, you know, there's a lot of obvious ones out there, right? I, I want to shed light on one. And this is, he's one of the, he's probably the poster boy of NHL, uh, NHL draft busts. Alex on deck. Let me tell uh, you this guy's story real quick. All right. So, so buckle up for a second. So, for those who know, he was uh, he was drafted first overall by the Ottawa Senators in 1993. And to understand how good this guy was, they were comparing him to guys like Joe Sackick and Steve Eisman, right? Like the fast Some of the best of the game. Yeah, just and, and not even a question. Like just he was like can't miss, you know, league breaking guy. You know, everybody wanted him. Right. And, and deservedly so. I mean, you look at his stats. He he played and, and juniors in the uh, QMJHL uh, for the Victoriaville Tigers. He had played two seasons there. And in 119 games, he got 80 goals and 167 assists for 247 points in 119 fucking games. That's, That's it, insane. OK, so he gets drafted first overall by the senators and there was even like just some general stuff i was reading that apparently like the senators were tanking like in their first overall season uh to get this guy like he was just the talk of the town so he gets drafted immediately falls off a fucking cliff okay so he just he never came to form man like and and it's a fucking shame he you know his first season 18 you know with ottawa he plays 84 games and gets 20 goals and 31 assists and this is what really gets me, and this is a pattern with him and his stats. He had a minus forty five rating for that first season. Now, look, that's Zick Butterstick. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. And and look, we can debate all day about if plus or minus is actually a good stat or not. I'm not trying to get into that right now. But seriously, that means he was on the ice for basically everything it, bad that happened like, in the season. Like, I just want to say, like, yeah, that's a bad stat. But if it's that low, there's a problem with you. There, There <laughs> is. And this this will be a trend because over the next three years, he'll have minus 22, minus 30 and minus 33, respectively. He so what never, does that make his career average? His career, he had 
I, I don't know where I didn't tell me is average, but it gave me a combined total of minus I, I, yeah, that's what I meant. My, minus, minus 176. I would be curious what his average is. He never posts a positive uh, season on that. He, he, the closest he got was minus one in two seasons. I so, just want to say, like, imagine you have this dude on your team and like he, he comes off the bench to like, you know, line change or whatever yeah and you're like oh shit about we're about to get scored on yep yeah <laughs> it's like, it's right. like i have a 50 50 chance you just know it and like you know so okay 51 point season still okay for you know a guy just breaking into the big leagues you know okay we well, you know you always give them like the buffer season right right next season plays 47 games 37 points okay a little worried do they, a little worried do they now. normally do they normally don't like for nhl players do they not normally play guys the full season or what uh i don't know what it was in his case so this was 1994 1995 i don't know what it was this case i don't know if he got hurt or if he just wasn't played as much but like so he was the first overall pick if you're the first overall pick or first like i don't know 10 picks maybe maybe five in the nhl draft you're playing like on the main on the main roster uh Mm -hmm. next season so uh he plays 47 games in 1994 95 uh he gets 37 points Okay, things start to get a little weird. He plays 50 games the next season, and he scores 17 points with a minus 30 rating. And this was still taking, Jeez. like, 77 shots. So, at that point, he finally gets uh, he finally gets released, and what do you know? He goes to the Philadelphia fucking Flyers. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I honestly forgot about him. He was still playing when, uh, he, I think he was paired with Desjardins and Eric Desjardins and Jean Leclerc, like all those guys, Mark Reckie, I think was still on the team, like that kind of stuff. So he played there for that a couple of years. Yep. Yep. So, uh, he, uh, I'm trying to see, sorry, I gotta see, cause like hockey reference kind of splits it up whenever he's on two teams. So he plays. So he played for Ottawa and that got traded basically in the middle of the season. And then so he played 75 games throughout the season and posted 42 points. So at this point, it, it like he's bottom six, if that for for at this point, you know what I mean? So he, he sticks around Philadelphia for a couple of years and really never posts anything great Um, and then ends up taking like a two year hiatus after he goes to Tampa Bay and New York Rangers, respectively, goes to Pittsburgh, still is not good, and then finishes his career out of Minnesota in 2005, 2006. Uh, the highest, uh, his best goal scoring season was his fourth season when he was still with Otto, where he posted 26 goals. And he had 51 points in that season in a full 82 game season, but he still posted a minus 33 rating. Again, this was a guy who, again, you, uh, you know, back in the in the in the minors, in two seasons and 119 games played, he had 80 goals, 167 assists, and 247 points. You know, while he was there, in a total of 616 games played in the NHL level, he accumulated. 129 goals, 198 assists, and 327 points. So two seasons in in uh, 119 games played in the for uh, Victoriaville, and he posts maybe a little over two thirds of what he ended up getting. Or uh, no, I'm sorry, even points wise, he was 80 points under what he ended up getting in total of the NHL, and he played for the NHL for almost 10 years. I mean, maybe that's a situation where this guy has you know, the expectations for this guy is, is crazy high. I mean, like it's obviously for a first round pick, that's that's not a good career, but like that, I mean, he did have 300 points. Like, 
that it's it's not something to just sniff at. But when you're the first overall pick with that many points in in uh, junior, there's going to be some expectations. And you also don't get just you don't just get randomly compared to Joe Sackick and Steve Eiserman. You just don't. Yeah. Like like if you're getting compared to guys like that, you're something special. I also want to point out the draft class that he was in also included Chris Pronger, Paul Korea, and Rob Niedermeyer. I just want to point that out for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so big so old three, oof. Th- yeah, three Hall of Famers right there. Yep. Um, so I'll, I'll go again, and, and I'm going to stick with hockey. Now, this is when I was talking before about bust can come in and different uh, forms. Here's one that's it sucks. It was all injury filled, but it's got a really interesting tale to it because how bad the team fucked up. Rick DiPietro. Oh, uh, my was a God, tender. man. This is <laughs> sad. A, if you ever heard it, this, this is sad. So he was a goaltender, uh, uh, born in the United States, Massachusetts, and uh, went to the Bo- uh, Boston University, and was, you know, amazing. And and of course, teams were looking at him. Well, the first overall pick in 2000 went to the New York Islanders with general manager Mike Milbury. I just want to, I just want to <laughs> put that out there too, because this motherfucker. Okay? Fuck he's this the, guy, by the he's way. The worst. Fuck he's this the worst guy. Ever. So they had so much faith in him. They had so much faith in their first overall pick goalie that they ended up trading future. I mean, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet because he just retired, but will be future Hall of Famer Roberto Luongo to pick him. They had him. (laughs) So, um, you know, he gets picked in 2000 and and has, you know, uh, his first couple seasons, he's, I think he's in the minors and then he comes up a little bit and he's on a bad team. So his win loss sucks, but like he actually puts up decent stats. So in 2006, he signed a 15-year, $67.5 million deal that carries an annual, uh, is a annual average value. Yeah, of yeah. <laughs> Put that in perspective. Yeah, this is hockey in 2006. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't uh, happen. This still doesn't happen now. So it had a $4.5 million cap hit every year um, that would pay him till 2020, 2021. Um. So, you know, he signed and, and, you know, for two seasons after signing, he played well. He averaged a 2.7 goals against average and a .911 save percentage. Um, and then the injuries started to rack up. He dealt with concussions. Um, this he, It was actually documented that I, and well, I should say this. I believe it was documented that I think he was struggling with suicide because of the concussions. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he had knee and hip injuries where he's getting surgeries. And between 2008 and 2009, uh, I'm sorry, between 2000, the end of the 2009 season and the end of the 2013 season, he played only 50 games. Um, and because of that, he was bought out uh, on June 3rd, 2013, which basically means when you're bought out, your contract is still pay- like the team still pays you, but it's spread out. And you also don't count against the salary cap. So mm-hmm. um, he doesn't count against that. But because of the contract he signed, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, this happened in 2013. This happened. So this is when it started because of the contract he signed and the buyout. He will be getting paid $1.5 million a year till 2029. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's one of, that, it's one of the craziest contracts in sports. And honestly, like, maybe one of the contributing reasons. Now, it's not all of it, but, like, one of the big reasons why the max contract from the NHL is now eight years. <laughs> yeah. Because 
you got guys signing 15 year deals and then injuries happen. I mean, first of all, to sign a goalie till they're that old is ridiculous in the first place. Like, I feel like this is not on him. Like, obviously, it's no. the injury that sucks, but like, it's just the team. That, was that reminds me of a certain former Pittsburgh Pirate who will go unnamed. <laughs> wow. Well, again, you want to look. It's the same thing. You look at a list for bust. Pirates have nine thousand of them. I want to. Uh, I want to say though, you know, ever played like one of like the WWE video games, and they have like when you're fighting somebody, they have like the little like uh, injury marker like of the of the yeah. model that like indicates what part of you is hurt. <laughs> yeah. That what you guys might not know is that they modeled it off Rick DiPietro because every single part of his fucking body was red. Like the Dude. entire goddamn time. It's it's sad too because like he actually finished with a career goals against average of two point eight seven and like, a save percentage of point nine oh two. Like that's very respectable. But he just had these major stretches. I believe he was also on the the two thousand six uh, Olympic team. I believe, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I, just a case of injuries ruining ruining his career. And like I said, I believe he had problems with suicide after that because of the concussions. But, um, God, you know, I, I, I will say that, you know, Mike Milbury fucked this up so bad. And, like, I'm so happy. Ran away to NBC. Yo, one of the worst human beings on the planet. He's an ass. <laughs> He's such an ass. Uh, but, yeah, I will uh, we'll move back to Brundy here. He keeps and, trying uh, to threaten the city of Philly, like, all the time, by the way. Like, that, that's that's just, a hobby. He, he likes to threaten everybody. It, it, it's amazing, Dude, he though. attacked somebody with a shoe. His own shoe. <laughs> he jumped into the stands and attacked somebody with their own shoe. Like, this guy's crazy. Yeah, anyway. he's, he's nuts. He's tall. Um... <laughs> Oh, okay. So I, I'll I'll try to be brief because I know we're short on time. Um, but I so I'm trying to decide between two guys, but like they're both so bad that like I really just it's so hard to pick like who would be better. I'll say one. Okay, I'll say one is baseball, one's football. What do you guys want to hear? Uh, let's do. Have we done baseball? We haven't yet? done baseball yet. Yeah, let's hear some baseball. Okay. So this is actually kind of an interesting story that you guys have, have probably heard of, and I just want to say this guy is still active, but he's gonna be, he's gonna go down as the biggest bust of all, like probably one of the biggest um, busts of all time. Mm. Um, his name is Matt Bush, <laughs> and it, so I want to give a little bit of background about this guy. Uh, he was drafted number one overall in two thousand four by the Padres. Um, and he had, let's see, and, and if you got, you guys know, like, you know, baseball has the farm system where like, if you get drafted, like even number one, it's like, you're still heading to the farm system mm-hmm. and you'll be the, you'll be there for about like, you know, unless, unless you're like really solid, like you'll be there for at least like a year and a half, two years or something. If you're like one of the top tier guys. Yeah. Um, so immediately as, as he gets drafted, uh, there's, there's. There's problems, and it's not necessarily about on-field stuff. Because like when he like when he's playing, he's actually like pretty good, at least like when it com- came to the minor leagues. But the problems actually came off the field. So if you Never guys heard that story before, <laughs> well, this this is a different kind of off the field problem, right. different like several different problems. Right. So a few weeks after the Padres drafted him in 2004, he was immediately arrested on felony assault, trespassing, disorderly conduct, and underage drinking after he fought with a security guard trying to escort him out of a bar. So 
immediately um this you know the rain or the padres probably immediately regret drafting this guy and they're just like all right he's, he's got these personality problems or whatever and honestly up until up until about 2009 things are okay you know he's struggling a little bit um you know he's um you know he's got he's got a decent you know, he's got a decent chance of you know making the major leagues uh, but he at this point he's been in the in the minor leagues for five years, so like you know we'll just have to see. Uh, in 2009, he gets in another drunken assault at a San Diego high school, which was caught on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, a a drunk Matt Bush, I'm just reading this directly, beat up a high school lacrosse player with a golf club while screaming, "I'm Matt fucking Bush." Jesus. And as punishment, the Padres designated him for assignment uh, and then uh, traded him to the Blue Jays uh, a little bit later. Uh, Only a month later, uh, he assaulted and berated a woman at a party in Florida and was released by the Blue Jays for violating the zero uh, tolerance agreement. Uh, But this is where it gets good. Really? And keep in mind, you know, this is you might see here, boys. And and March March twenty second, two thousand twelve. Keep in mind, he has not made one appearance in the major leagues yet. Uh, Bush was arrested and charged with two counts of DUI with property damage, one count of DUI with serious bodily bodily injury, one count of leaving the scene of an accident, one count of driving with a suspended license, and two counts of leaving the scene of an accident with damage to property. In the incident, Bush hit 72-year-old motorcyclist Tony Tufano uh, northbound in Port Charlotte, running over his head as he fled the scene. Oh, no. The guy survived the incident because he's wearing a helmet, though. So it could have been a lot worse for Matt Bush. Wear your fucking helmets, kids. So Bush was arrested, uh, you know, like three miles on the road. and he was held on $440,000 bail. He pleaded not guilty. Uh, obviously, he was found guilty. Um, but he eventually accepted a plea bargain, I believe. Um, he was sentenced to 51 months in prison. Wow. And uh, eventually, he, um, eventually he got out from, or because of parole. Yeah. Uh, and immediately it looked like this guy's career was done for good. And come the Texas Rangers, which <laughs> this is this is kind of this is kind of where the story gets a little bit happier. Uh, so Texas Rangers, uh, you know, about two months after his release from prison, they signed him to a minor league contract. He he did tryouts at a Golden Corral parking lot. Keep this wow. in mind. <laughs> wow. And the reason he did it there because like that's where he worked. Um, so he could only travel to and from his job. So it's kind of interesting. The Rangers actually have experience um, with struggling players like Josh Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bush was placed on another zero tolerance policy. His his dad had to drive him to every single game. Wow. Uh, and, you know, paid it off his own pocket for just about everything. Um, and after his, you know, after his release from jail, after he got signed from Texas, he he was actually, you know, pretty good. Uh, he got called up to the major leagues in, in May of 2016 and it, it, you know, he was in tears, you know, the crowd was being really loud, you know, everyone was cheering for him because it, it's, it's kind of nice to see these little comeback stories. Yes. 
the problem is is like now he's he's back down in the uh back down in the minor leagues due to injury and he had to go he's um he had to go um excuse me i can't talk he had to undergo tommy john surgery in july so it ended his 2019 season it's probably gonna miss most of 2020 so it looks like it's not going to end well for Matt Bush. He's already 33 years old. And with everything that's been going on in his life, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires before he's 35. Yeah. I feel like this guy, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he had an alcohol problem. It sounds like it from the, the DUI and the drunken uh, violence and stuff like that. Um, I actually was going to say, because that, obviously, Matt Bush is kind of a. Uh, could be a popular name but like i feel like i do remember him playing on texas like a few seasons ago so so um, yeah it, it was it was kind of a big deal like when he first came up from texas like just because like you know the big story and keep in mind he he actually did retire the heart of the blue jays lineup you know josh donaldson batista and and carnacion yeah uh, back in the yeah well that line and, and by the way i don't know if you remember so do you remember um do you remember the famous um the famous uh, bench clearing incident where Ho- Jose Batista got punched in the face. Oh yeah, by, yeah uh, door, Matt yeah, Bush yeah. was the pitcher for that. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, so there's a little fun fact for the day. There you go. Uh, but ever since he's been promoted, you know he had a he had a pretty good 2016 season. But ever since he's been promoted, you know dealing with injuries. So it looks like that's the end of the line for Matt Bush. I, yeah. You know, kind of a sad, another sad story, but um, I would have to say that's probably the big, like at least will be the biggest draft bust in, draft bust in, uh, in MLB history, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the MLB is weird though, because like, like in the first round of any given draft, like maybe like as little as five players can ever make it to the MLB. Like baseball is just crazy with all like the minors and stuff. Well, so the first round, like you can pretty much guarantee your guy will make the team, but you can't guarantee he's going to be an all-star, you know, yeah, stay, stay there. I feel like, I don't know. Um, um and it, it's, it's okay. So it, it, it's also kind of interesting to see like, you know, there, there's some number one and overall picks that like are have been struggling. So it's like even number one overall is, is not guaranteed to like be anything special, right? Um, but I feel like with Matt Bush, it's almost like it, it's almost like he had his whole career in front of him, and he just let just his he, he let his you know mental problems get in the way, right? And, and look, that's yeah. a, that's all stuff like that is always hard to get through by yourself. I mean, that someone right. his agent, anybody should have told him, man, you need to get some help, you know, before before you start throwing this kind of stuff away. So mm-hmm. you know, you know. Having that type of mental stuff, man, you gotta get some help, man. You can't be doing that type of shit, man. It's just not gonna be good. It never ends good, ever. I mean, it's good to see that, you know, he kind of had another shot at the big time for a little bit there, but, you know, age, you know, can't beat time, and he's definitely yeah. out of it, so. Yeah, getting Tommy John at 33 is yeah, not a good not great. either. Not great. So, uh, you have uh, another one for us, Bobby? So, okay. You guys might get on me for this one because of how early it is. Like it is stupid early, but I'm 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 def- I'm gonna use the word bust in a different way here. So okay. let me put the context for bust in this scenario is one just how weird of a situation this was. 
and two, just because how he was supposed to fit with this team. Okay, so just 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 keep that in mind for a second. But okay, Markel Fultz. All right. So now look, Ooh. I'm going to put an asterisk on this. Okay, I am because he's gonna he's in Orlando and he is apparently looking good and he might be able to fix everything that was you know plaguing him before. But seriously, this stuff just doesn't happen. Okay, the what, of what happened when he got drafted by the Sixers. So again, recap for Markel Fultz and his current NBA career. He gets drafted first overall by the 76ers in 2017. He's 19 years old. He played one season, I think, with the Washington Huskies. I think is who it was. Yeah. Uh, so, and I took a quote here from uh, just for his stats. Um, I mean, the the team wasn't good. I mean, they they lost their players in the 2016 draft, their main starters. So it was really just Fultz kind of carrying this team. Uh, so he apparently had one of the best freshman seasons in all Pac-12. 25 games, he had a 23.2 point average, uh, which was the highest mark in Pac-12 in 20 years. Uh, second in Huskies history. Uh, he led the team in minutes played, 35.7 per game, as well as assists with 5.7 per game, and was second in rebounds with 5.9 per game. Uh, he got all Pac-12 and third-team All-American, uh, and he was described as a player who jumps off the page athletically and possesses creative scoring instincts and playmaking skills. Q getting drafted. Okay, so in, a recap. This was one of the weirdest stories, and since I'm a Sixers fan and since I follow a lot of Philly sports media, this was covered to infinitum about this. What appears to happen is he injures his shoulder. Okay, everybody gets hurt. Cool. It's described, and the only name I could find for it is, uh, please forgive me if I do not say this right, scapular muscle imbalance. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, I really couldn't, like, it didn't even link to anything, like any of this names. So I couldn't even see what this was. And Brendy just linked a clip here, and I know exactly which one this is. He completely <laughs> fucking airballs a free throw. Like, it's in, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, okay. So, on top of the shoulder injury, right, something just isn't right with him. He starts working with this, uh, this trainer, he does not belong to the 76ers. The only thing I know about him, from what I can remember, and, and if I'm wrong, somebody can feel free to correct me. The trainer was, I guess, somebody who helped him starting sometime in high school or something. I don't know. It's really weird, but he would basically just like corner himself with this trainer. And what you started to see was he had a completely different shot. Like, just the shot that got him that 25.6 points per game, the thing that everybody was dying to get their hands on with the first overall pick is gone. It is like his shot literally disappeared. And you have clips like this, like where that uh, Brendy linked in our, in our little discord here where he's airballing free throws. He's airballing like shots, you know, from, from inside the arc, like stuff that he's supposed to be doing. He's a point guard, right? And again, I'm bringing him up because, and I know it's early and he could have a fucking phenomenal career. He is still extremely young. He's like 21, 22. He's playing with Orlando now. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he finally shook everything off. But understand how well Markel Fultz was supposed to fit in with the Sixers with the likes of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The process, right? This was all part of it, right? And it just fell apart, like right in the Sixers' hands to the point where they're like, okay, we can't do this anymore. So they traded him for a player and a couple of draft picks. It was for uh, Jonathan Simmons and two draft picks. I don't know what rounds they were. 
almost got traded to the Hawks, by the way. Just pointing that I, out. There. I remember that circulating for a little bit there. And I was going to be happy about that. <laughs> no, listen, I was root- I'm was. i rooting for the guy. I still was. and and I, I. But I do kind of understand why the Sixers finally had to be like, okay, we just can't handle this. Like, it's just, it's so much. And nobody really knows what's going on. Something about our organization is poisoning this man. <laughs> <laughs> so... And again, it, it just it's a really weird thing. It's a really weird bust. And I don't want to call him a full-on career-long bust. So I'm putting an asterisk on this. But it was just, to me, the way this fell apart and the way like he was supposed to fit in with the Sixers and you know finally bring the Sixers up to a playoff caliber team, which they are now, but he was supposed to be that final piece, like that the final piece of the puzzle that brings this team up to glory. And it just fell apart because he lost his jump shot. Now, they asked him over and over and over again, and I do feel bad for him here, where they were like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? Is it psychological? Are you okay? Like, he kept saying over and over again, like, look, it's my shoulder. It's my Reasonable you know. questions, by the way. Yes. It's not like they're reasonable questions, but when you're 19, 20 years old, I'm sure that takes a toll on you in any capacity. You know what I mean? Right. So, but no, they're fair questions. Like, what the hell happened? And and it, it made sense that a lot of the, the criticism was towards this other trainer that he was working with. Nobody knows anything about him. And that and all that stuff. And it's like, why, why did his, how did his shot change? Something he's been doing since like he was little, just completely just gone now. Like all the fundamentals just gone, just completely gone. It's a really weird story. And, you know, right after this trade, the burner account thing came out. So you kind of forgot about all this. But Christ, I mean, this was this was just insane to watch again, rooting for the guy. I, I still kind of wish he was a sixer. And I do hope he rebounds from, from all this stuff. But just considering how well he was supposed to fit with this organization, how it just all fell apart in over the course of two years because he lost his jump shot and basically all of his fundamentals is just weird. Yeah, and to, I I just want to say, like, watch that clip really quick. I'll starting at like stream, yeah. At 36 seconds, like, this is what, like, this is when we were... Like, I remember specifically, like, when this happened, I remember linking it to you and was like, what the fuck is wrong with this man? Sorry for playing some of that audio over the, uh, over the stream there. But, uh, yes. Um, Yeah, he he literally, like, he pump fakes his own team twice. Right. In the free throws. On the free throw, the charity (laughs) line. So, I'm, I'm pulling it up on the, on the stream now and I have it muted, but just, so here it is. Uh... The hell was that? You gotta watch. Like you gotta watch really closely. Like he, that that, <laughs> like just it's really weird. Looking for audio listeners, go look this up later because it's it's hard for me to describe. He basically like it comes out of the replay and he's already kind of midway through his shot, but he doesn't even look like he bends his knees. Like he has his arms like almost fully extended and just kind of stops there for a second and like pumps the foul shot and then throws it. And he makes it, but it's just weird looking. So it's He's not like, the air ball. Uh, gotcha. there, there's, there's a clip where he air balls a free shot, like a free shot, a free throw completely. But that this isn't it. But this was just, again, this was just right around the time when all this was happening. So everyone's looking at this like, what the hell? It's just weird, man. No matter what way you look at it. No way you look at it. It's just weird. I feel like for for us, I mean, for me as well, like, being a Sixers fan, I might have a different bias on it because of being a Sixers fan. Like, I obviously want to see this guy go out. So, like, for you saying him as a bust, like, I feel like he's a bust because, like, yeah, he he didn't work out for my team. Yeah, and, like, and that's probably he, why he I, I'm young. saying the same thing. And he, like I said, he can probably have, he still has a chance to have a very long and very prosperous career. It just, 
the the way everything was supposed to go, the foolproof plan for this guy and the Sixers just completely just died because of it. It just kind of it sucks because like now I'm actually looking back at this draft class now and there is good players in it. Like don't get me wrong, like there's guys that are superstars now, but this was like a kind of a weird draft class, but like at number, th- you know, they had the first pick, but like some of the guys they could have had Jason Tatum, who I think would have fit like, <clears throat> excuse me, with the style that we have now, like where Ben Simmons is basically running the point um, would have been a great addition. Darren Fox is here. Um, you got Donovan Mitchell, like all these guys we could have had. Um, and, you know, Marco Fultz. And now look, they, he was definitely the, I, in my opinion, the best player coming out of college that year. Like he was deserved of the first pick. It just didn't work out. And uh, it, again, one of the weirdest situations. And you said this with all the burner account stuff going on. And uh, oh, fucking joke, man. And it, it's just, it's really weird. So I would say, like, I'm not going to, like, again, maybe we have a different take on it because of Philly fans. But, like, yeah, in my opinion, he's a bust. I do, I agree. I think it, it works out. I, I hope it works out for him. But um, it's tough because, you know, Again, like you said, that could have been the last piece to get us over the hump. To get us not like if you look at it now, say we get Jason Tatum, yeah, I think we're the best team. Like I think potentially we're the best team in the East. Like last with last year's roster, I should say. Definitely. Um, so so yeah, so I would say that. But um, for right now, we are going to kind of you know go through a rapid fire for our uh, last for honorable our mentions. Games. Yeah, like, obviously, there is a lot of Boston sports. It happens every year, but we can only get through so many on a show. Um, <laughs> I love this one, and it's going to bring back some some memories for our good old Atlanta Thrashers fans. Oh, I know oh what this is. Gosh, I know what this no. is. I have Do a clip have for this. To? I have a clip for this. Yes. <laughs> what? Just say it. Just get it Patrick over Stefan <laughs> is... is so infamous for the wrong reason. Okay, if everybody on who is watching, please draw their attention to the stream. I have a video clip. I, I already know what it yep. is. Yep, <laughs> this right, ladies and gentlemen, no, is Patrick I, I'm Stephane. not even gonna watch. I refuse. <laughs> Look at this. But, so I mean, if it makes you feel better, he wasn't a he wasn't a thrasher at that point. No, he was. Well, this I was know, his, but he may as well have been. This was like 13 games or something before, like he he like fully retired. And honestly. To be honest with you, I can't even hate on him for this for two reasons. One, Dallas still won this game, uh, six to five in a shootout, and also um, he like took this with such stride afterwards. I can't even hate on him for for this kind of thing. But yeah, again, just uh, for again, maybe listening in audio, just go look at the Patrick Stefanik thing. He makes a great defensive play, has an empty net, and just completely whiffs it, and probably the biggest blooper in NHL history. And so. then yeah, yeah, Edmonton goes then scores in the final seconds. Number one overall pick in 1999 by the Atlanta Pressures, and that, again, being its infamous moment. Uh, other than that, he had a career best uh, season. Uh, like, I'm sorry, his career best season was 40 points in 82 games. He became nothing special. Uh, one, So, like, out of my whole list, uh, I, <laughs> I'm looking at it now. There is a um, trend which is NFL quarterbacks being bust. Yep. Uh, another name on here, infamously, Ryan Leaf. Uh, number two overall pick in 1998. Um, yeah, never translated for him. Um, <laughs> I, I was reading an article, and I forget what the article was, but essentially it said 
um, at the bottom. It was like, yeah, he just did nothing well as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 14 career touchdowns and 36 career interceptions. That's not going to get you anywhere. Um, and then like other names, uh, quarterback uh, wise, you got Mark Sanchez. All right, don't don't take them all, bud. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm sorry, Mark Sanchez. Um, definitely on there. Fuck you, Mark and, Sanchez. Uh, you know, uh, fine. You know what? You, what? What? Uh, give me a name. Rapid fire. Go. All right. Uh, another one I was considering putting on my list. Uh, Kwame Brown. Yeah, uh, I, I considered him too. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously drafted out of, straight out of high school. I think the first number one overall pick to come out of high school. Um, he was. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that Michael Jordan as like you know as dominant as he is as a player is just a terrible executive. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, Jordan, I, I think Michael Jordan was like actually like expected to like kind of help this guy develop. And so far, uh, I mean, not not even so far, just like just in, in his entire career, he somehow managed to stick through in the NBA for 13 seasons. So that's why I didn't really have him as number one. Um, but it, it's just the fact that like he got drafted by the Wizards, went to the Lakers, and actually performed well for the Lakers for a little bit, and then his career completely fell apart after after all that. Um, so Kwame Brown was um, was a name I was considering, and then another one I was considering was Ryan Leaf, and you decided to you know take that. <laughs> uh, so th- those are probably uh, those are probably my honorable mentions right there, Bobby. Uh- Give me a few more names or whatever else so, you got. So you definitely got so Patrick Stefano was one of my other ones, so you got that one. But uh two he said quarterbacks and I got two and this one should be fucking easy, Johnny motherfucking football. Yeah, I mean look I look <laughs> he was twenty second overall, so he's not the worst bust in the world, but I mean there was so much hype around him. And to be fair, a lot of it had to do with his character, not as much as his his football skill. I mean he definitely had it, just uh, it just never translated, and also he just couldn't keep himself together off the field, man. It just it was impossible. So he was a Heisman winner in 2012. Um, he gets drafted 22nd overall uh, by by the Browns in the 2014 draft. Uh, I read that he apparently sent a text message after he was passed up to like the Browns, one of the Browns execs or something that said, I want to destroy this league. And then the coach drafted him or something like that. I, it was something weird. <laughs> I don't even remember, but that sounds like something he would do. Um, before that, he had actually had a lot of varying scouting reports and ratings. Like some people had him top five and some people had him like completely passover worthy, like just terrible. Um, you, you know, I'm so there's an ad real quick. Johnny Manziel, like to those guys is what Kyler Murray was for Brundy. Yeah. Brundy was like, yeah, Brundy, <laughs> Kyler Murray is going to be a fourth round pick. I'm like, dude, he's going number one overall. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When, when I, when I said that Kyler Murray. Consideration. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I like I, I said that before Cliff Kingsbury became the coach. So. All right, I mean I'll give um, you that. Sorry, I had to add that. Yeah, no, you good. So at, at, in total, he played 15 games, starting eight for Cleveland. If I'm reading that right, was it 15? Was that really it? Holy shit! Um, yeah, for Cleveland, was. and he threw a grand total of seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, and for 1675 yards with a 74.4 rating. Uh, okay, and then he rushed for 259 yards and one touchdown. If you if you want to count that too, uh, he got <laughs> he got released in March 2016 after some domestic violence stuff came up and and constant other reports of him partying and missing team functions like the one where during a bye week he was apparently in Vegas. 
Uh, Cleveland couldn't confirm it, but they did say, like, yeah, he never reported this morning. So there was that. Uh, he had a uh, CFL, I think, he had a brief stint. Uh, and then yeah, the, which uh, was terrible. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, dear God. Uh, he got waived, I think, by the one team and then was on another and then completely just shit the bed and then went to the AAF, but now it is defunct. So who knows what the hell he's doing now? So... Honestly, Johnny Football. Uh, honestly, and uh, a quick recommendation for I don't want to play it here because you definitely have to listen to it and watch it is uh, there's a I don't know much about him, but I came across it one day when I was researching for another podcast. We did uh, Strong Opinion Sports does a really, really good film analysis on Johnny Mandel and why nothing ever translated from uh, college to college to the NFL. And a lot of it has to do with how he is, is seems like a rush first quarterback, which is so weird to think about. But definitely go give that a watch if, you, if you're interested in watching something like that um last one i had and this is for more sad reasons more than anything else vince young um uh, yeah. yeah yeah so <laughs> and and you know i almost forgot I about I him don't, i don't know man it's weird it's weird I, I can't totally call him a bust because just everything just, everything you read about him is just sad man I mean, well, he made two pro bowls yeah he did and it's not like he was a complete like uh, just it's, something it's, was it's, off it's, with it's him. It's more man. of an expectation thing. I guess. Yeah. And I, I will say he's like a bust of this era. I yes. will say. Okay. Like he's, he, I mean, he was one of the most decorated college quarterbacks of all time. So you have yes. this expectation that he's going to be this big thing. And yeah, he went to two pro bowls, but yeah. And I mean, and he did do some good things for the good, uh, great things for the Titans. Right. Yeah. And, and because I, I re- that's what I remember like of being little was that he was, he was like the Titan at the time. Cause I mean, really, what right. else do they have kind of going, but I mean, money. He's broke, man. I mean, he's he's a mess. He was an absolute mess. He apparently threatened suicide a couple times. Like his coach had to call the cops in Nashville uh, because apparently his therapist said something about committing suicide and then left with his gun. Uh, He basically like he's had tantrums on the sideline, like appeared like he didn't want to get on the field anymore during one game ton of incidents like that and, and the list goes on and then you know after that in 2010 he apparently assaulted somebody for apparently doing the hook'em horns the the you know for texas and yeah. he was doing it upside down and he apparently attacked a guy um so in 2012 apparently came out he was broke and this was only a few years after he signed a 26 million dollar guaranteed money contract and, but uh, somebody did this, you know, this is coming off comment from Bleacher Report, who kind of did, like a bolded list of all these things. You know, a scathing report came out that he was apparently spending. I I can't I don't know what this number is. I'm going to assume it's six thousand. But basically, they have six comma and four zeros. I so I, I, I can't believe it's sixty thousand for this. But um, so let's say six thousand. He spent six thousand dollars a week at TGI Fridays. He would constantly buy out 130 seats on Southwest airline flights, and he would order $600 shots of uh, Louis 13 Cognac. I don't really know what that is, but whatever. He also yeah, apparently it's a, it's a beer in Red Dead. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he and apparently the latest thing was he apparently took out a 1.9 million dollar loan with 20% interest that was apparently said to be used for a $300,000 birthday party for himself, according to the Los Angeles Times. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's sad, it's but it's kind sad. Of, it's fucking it's fu- sad. But it just the way it's sad, like, uh, God, and, and, and he's a bust also. And I didn't even think about this from this perspective. But at the end, uh, it says, as a quarterback, Young was as amazingly an amazingly smooth athlete, and many wanted to believe he was the next African American signal caller who could make it in the NFL. I mean, and this was in what 2006, 2007. I mean, yeah, you don't you <clears> don't yeah. see 
too many African-American quarterbacks, especially then, right? So, you know, someone like him, imagine him having a very fruitful career, you know, what that would mean to a lot of kids. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what could have been, and that's what this all this all conversation was, what could have been. And Vince Young did some good things, again, made two Pro Bowls, but just never panned out the way he definitely should have. So yeah. it's, it's a shame, really, and I, I hope he's doing well nowadays, but, you know. Yeah, I, I just to finish off my list, really, I'm not going to really go through no. this long, but I, I just kind of put a list of all of them. More so that, like, if you heard the name, you're like, oh, yeah, remember, like, kind of thing. Um, Anthony Bennett, Bennett uh, <laughs> in the NBA, number one overall. Number okay. one overall to the Cavaliers. So that never I, I just, I, I want to say, I would argue that, that he shouldn't have even been taken number one overall. Well, oh, sure. yeah, that's a difference. And, and to be fair, that is also a terrible draft. Like <laughs> that, like that is the probably the worst draft in NBA history. That was, but like it's just I, I don't even I can even, even with even time. with Giannis in there. I can't even remember like ever watching him. Like I feel like no, he was no, always no. on the bench. Greg, <laughs> <laughs> um, we really Greg need Oden a bench warmer, so we took one first overall. Who else? Greg Oden was another one for okay. me, and you know he had his problems with his knee, and then he he had some drug issues. But I mean, the big thing from that was uh, the person who was drafted number two has won uh, I think four scoring titles, and that's Kevin Durant was drafted right behind him. I uh, had just again some more names. Trent Richardson was fucking awful, uh, and RG three, a guy who I really oh, wanted to see. Man, I he was sad. He, I mean, he won Rookie of the Year in his first year, and then it just he, he didn't. He just rushed way too much, got too hurt, and he's actually like you know he's a backup now for the Ravens with that offense with Lamar Jackson, which like is awesome because you know that's the offense playbook wise like that he they're they're actually kind of similar in a way yeah yeah like they that's are. what i'm saying like he excels in that so um you know obviously i don't want anything to happen to lamar jackson but if that did i, I think he's still serviceable behind but as a as a second overall draft pick in a draft where you know it was andrew luck and rg3 who would go first and and that was they were both generational talents um a kind of Christ, and look what happened to both of them yeah. Imagine being drafted six years ago, being amazing and retiring now. Yeah. Yeah. That's Andrew Luck. Yeah. That, that's literally what happened. And, and, and it's, I, it's sad. His story is sad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know people are, some people are having him in the MVP conversation last year and, and predicting it for this year, and he's gone now. Well, but I mean, what were the reasons yeah. that Colt even got to the playoffs? Exactly. But again, you get bust every year, and I'm sure there will be some from. You know, this the past draft and all the sports. That's gotta that's suck, it man. That's gotta be being that guy, being that bust, man. I, I do not envy the guys in that position. I, I was reading an article too that um Greg Oden said on multiple occasions he's like he's kinda pissed because like he's gonna go down as the worst Boston NBA history and like you read that and it's like damn that's yeah. kind of like and 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 what'll happen too is like you know and obviously you know we picked the topic because we ran you know it was random we thought of every once in a while like Bleacher Report or CBS or ESPN be like hey remember this guy remember how much he sucked like yeah, like yeah. and he has to see that and because yeah. you know there's no way he doesn't get contacted when something like that goes up you know what I mean it's hard to block out that kind of noise I can't even imagine so with that we're going to end that conversation and and uh, end the show as always with week four nfl picks um and uh and we'll go over week three <laughs> another bad week boys we're <sighs> not doing well this year yeah. um we both well, i'm sorry we all went one and two last week um 
we uh we me and you Bobby had Kansas City winning which they did and then Brendy had the Texan Texans winning which they did but all all what am I saying? Hello. Excuse you want to try again from the, the top? Ones, all the other ones were wrong. Um is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so after uh, the third week, uh, I'm still in lead with five points, Brandy with four, and Bobby with three. Uh, this week on tap, we have the New England Patriots at the Buff- at the yeah. Buffalo Bills, <laughs> the Browns at the Ravens, and the uh, Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. I will start. Um, I just realized I have to change this to week four, not week three. Okay, we're ready to go. Uh, so we have the uh, New England Patriots game. Uh, the three and O Patriots versus the three and O Buffalo Bills. That was my hot take sound effect, yeah, by the way. Uh, did you uh, want the real one? <laughs> no. Oh, you're gonna get it anyway. Um, so yeah, it's a matchup of the three and O Buffalo Bills and the Patriots. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, New England has come out, and I, I forget the exact stat um, that was said on the telecast the other day, but. Their point differential in the first three weeks is like almost historical. Uh, they started the first week winning 33 to three, and then the next week it was 40 something to set whatever they beat the Dolphins. Um, and then last week with the Brown uh, with the Jets, um, they're coming off the hot start. Um, it's the Patriots. They always, um, you know, it, it's the Patriots are always going to be the one of the best teams until Brady retires. I will say Buffalo is. Like, I could see this as a trap game um, because Buffalo plays so well at home and they have come out really hot, but I just can't see it going the other way. I have New England winning 30-13. to 13. My second game, I have the uh, – we have the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore uh, Ravens. I almost said Orioles. Uh, I have Cleveland winning 31 Ravens you actually want to talk about. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, so I have Cleveland winning 31-23. Uh, they've looked like really shitty, and I know the expectations were so high for them, and, and I was a little bit concerned about that. Um, I don't know. I just see this week that, like, like here's my thing, and this might be crazy, but I feel like if they don't win this week, like, they're screwed for the rest of the yeah. season because, like, you go to 1-3, and three, Baltimore will go to 3-1, and one, um, and then all this expectation just piling down. I don't know. I just I feel like this is a big game. I think they show out. Um, Baltimore has been playing really well, and I think they could make a run this year. But uh, I have them losing. And my last game, um, I have Chicago winning twenty to thirteen over uh, Minnesota. I think it's going to be a low-scoring defensive game. Mitch Trubisky has been questionable. Shit. <laughs> and, and uh, I just thought about this, and I, I think I told Brendy about this yesterday. Uh, this is, like, way off topic, but um, I don't know if you've seen, Bobby, after the Monday Night Football win over the Redskins, um, Tariq Cohen, you know, he's feeling himself, so he goes on IG Live. Um, and unfortunately for him, <laughs> yeah. there was a naked lineman behind him. It's Chris, um, Long. Chris Long, who had his schlong out. Uh, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, from that, I don't know why I just thought. You would think you would again, learn but... from AB, who did that with Facebook Live, like before. That was like just dumb. nothing comes good out of it. Or, or what I, about what about that time the Pelicans were wrestling in a naked Anthony Davis? Yeah, yeah. can we? Oh, oh, can you guys what? stop live streaming in the fucking locker room? Like, <laughs> I, I, I thought this was common fucking sense. And, and Anthony Davis was enjoying it. To oh, be I'm fair, sure. Tariq Cohen, I'm sure, didn't mean that. And actually, uh, I think I brought him up on the show before. Pat McAfee, p- former punter, now with Barstool, uh, actually did this before 
almost with Andrew Luck. Like he was taking a picture and Andrew Luck was naked behind, but like he only got like thigh and ass. Like there was no dick. But like he felt terrible about it. And like he's like, yeah, Tori Cohen's going to feel terrible about this. Regardless of that, I just had to bring that up. I do think <laughs> Chicago uh, gets on track. I don't know, here. man. We're losing some locker room chemistry after that. <laughs> Oh, man, that's uh, I don't know. But uh, Bobby, <laughs> give us your three picks of the week. All right. I got New England to Buffalo. There should be no surprise who the fuck I'm picking for this. I got New England winning 24 to 14. Josh Allen's been hot, man. I mean, Brendy, I think, was almost going to kill uh, the other person. We're in our fantasy league in our daily fantasy league. And because she picked uh, Josh Allen again and has been completely creaming us so far in the league. And she's picked him, I think, what, past two weeks? I think three weeks. No, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you know. So we like I, the first week we did it, she picked um, Case Keenum. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. And then, and then this Josh week, Allen. Josh Allen, who and Josh a- Allen did like Josh Allen had a good game. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to let you talk. No, 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 you're <laughs> fine. He had a good game and I mean, she got you got her fantasy points, so. It really matter. Well, I was, I was just gonna say, like, I don't, I, like, he, I can't fucking talk. Just go on. <laughs> we all can't. Yeah. All right. So I got New England twenty fourteen. The surprising thing about New England, I mean, on top of the the obviously high caliber offense that New England has had for a long time now, the defense. I know it's it's been against bad teams. I get it, but you know the defense has been hot, man. I mean, the defense seems to be just doing their job and, and you know blocking the stuff that would probably get these teams those those few points they need to actually attempt to beat us. Uh, so I, I'm going to assume they're going to shut down Buffalo in a similar way, but I'll give Buffalo a couple of touchdowns to be nice about it. 24 to 14, New England. Uh, all right, Cleveland and Baltimore. All right, Lamar Jackson, I'm loving right now, man. I am loving watching him play. He is fun as fuck, man. I'm happy. Uh, Cleveland is just on the down decline right now, and I, I was one of those people who had the expectations for him. I think I... What what was my prediction? I had them... I, had I think them you had them at 10 and yeah. winning the, the yeah and i'm i'm at the moment eating those words right now and I, although it, they, they shouldn't be i, I mean uh, for me and brandy we can't talk we had the steelers winning the division yeah good job boys um but i honestly the think this is of an angel yeah <laughs> Uh, and also, not to mention Baltimore's defense is basically still there. So I don't think Cleveland's going to have much of a fight in this game. Uh, Twenty-eight to ten, I got Baltimore winning this one. And I'm with Tyler on the uh, on the train for the Chicago Minnesota game, where it's going to be just a nice defensive battle, uh, very low scoring. But I do have Chicago edging it out, seventeen to seven. Trubisky needs to get his fucking act together, go. <laughs> Jesus God. And Brandon, you will round it out. Uh, all right. So New England, I've got, I've got. Um them winning against Buffalo 30 to 17. Uh, I, I'm not really seeing this as um, Buffalo underperforming, just the fact that like, you know, the Patriots seem to be putting up historic numbers right now. Like they're, um, I, I don't, I don't know if they're on track to break some sort of record, but really fucking seems like it. Um, now yeah, Josh, really. like Josh Allen definitely could make it interesting. Um, but I, I think, I think Tom Brady and the Patriots are going to be a little bit, you know, too good for uh, some, you know, mm-hmm. that guy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've got them winning 30 to 17. Um, Baltimore against Cleveland. I don't know why you picked this game. I got Baltimore winning <laughs> 27 to 13. Fucking roast. Thank you. No, you got, like, that's all I have to say about Like, why? I, I, I want to know why. You also said I shouldn't have. You want to look at the games this week? Tell me why I picked these games. This all goes back like, to that there shouldn't be any Thursday night football. This is just proof of that. <laughs> 
Like, dude, the games this week are terrible. Like, I could have done Saints Dallas, but we did Saints last week. <laughs> Why does that matter? <laughs> I mean, we're, I we're, we're just gonna we're simply just gonna cover the Falcons, Patriots, and Broncos games from now on. That's it. That's no, all we we're gonna do. No, we're not covering the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway, I've got I've got the Ravens winning twenty seven thirteen. I'm not a believer in Mayfield. You guys know that. Um, and then the Bears uh, against the Vikings. I'm gonna have this as my upset of the week. Um, I, I'll I'll take a slightly questionable Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, uh, going into Minnesota and pulling up the upset against a solid defense. You know, we'll see. I think I think we can be surprised this week. So. I- I think you have a problem with quarterbacks out of Oklahoma. I think that's the problem. <laughs> Tyler um, Murray, Baker Mayfield, what, Jalen Hurts? Are you going to attack him now? That's so, going to happen. Okay, so I don't necessarily have problems uh, with Oklahoma quarterbacks. I have a problem with Big 12 quarterbacks. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a problem with Big 12 defenses, too, because of the, how yeah. bad they are. I, I, I'm not a believer in Big 12 quarterbacks. I'm sorry. With that, we will wrap up the show. This has been episode 35. Uh, we will be back Monday, the what is that? Monday, the third, September 30th. Uh, we will be live streaming at 8 p.m. Uh, all four of us will confirmed. be there. Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. Sorry for the early episode. I got a fucking wedding to go to. My bad. Um. Yeah. So there's that. I miss Zach uh, though. My birthday is tomorrow. And, yeah, boy. Uh, I'm. I am more. I'm not kidding. I am more concerned about college football tomorrow than my birthday. Could not care less. <laughs> well, I, we, I'm on the that, decline. We've hit that age where it's no. like we're past 21. So really, it's just Nothing getting matters. the decades. Yeah, I know. I can drink <laughs> now. We're good. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not like, getting hammered with you tomorrow, man. Uh, what's next? I'm gonna get you know fucking. I'm gonna be in a 55 and older home. Like, Michigan's yep. gonna lose to Rutgers. If Michigan's <laughs> gonna lose to Rutgers, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I am. I will personally shut Ty down. Ty will be on suicide watch. Bro, if... like, oh god. I, I, I'm gonna end the show with this. All I'm saying is, look, I'm not a believer in Michigan right now as a Michigan fan, but they have a lot of tough matches coming up. They run the table, go ten and zero, still can make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but okay? they, but they're somehow ain't. They're gonna get fucked over in the poll, even if they. Do I mean, they look like off. shit. But you they mean didn't nine and zero? What? Yes, nine and zero. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, um, I'm forgetting what yeah. we can do. <laughs> anyway, that's been episode 35. We'll see you Rutgers. next time for episode 36. Uh, but that is all. We will see you next time. Thank you for watching. Goodbye.